Welcome to the 624 Pod, your home for all things independent films. We're going to discuss all the positives and negatives when it comes to independent filmmaking. We're going to have incredible guests from the film industry talk about the behind the scenes experience, the good, the bad, the ugly, and how the industry has changed in the past 10, 20 minutes. Yeah, minutes, hours, years. years. That's the point. It's always changing. And of course, we will always focus on independent filmmaking right here in our state of New Jersey. I'm Tom Baldinger. And I'm Mark Argadana. All right, let's do this. All right, so Mark, we, uh, we season two, we've had a couple good episodes with some good guests. I don't know about these next two guests, though. What do you think? Oh, this is going to be exciting. Really? I don't, I'm They're little... the biggest ball busters I've ever worked They with. are the biggest fucking ball busters <laughs> ever. So, uh, so we've got Mr. Jimmy Palumbo. Mr. What's C- happening, guys? And Michael Deej. What's up, guys? Of the original Artie Lang's Beer League, and they're now the stars of our new series, Beer League the Series. We've been filming uh, the full pilot, doing a couple pickups recently, having some fun with it. What's going on, guys? Not much. It was a good little shoot yesterday. It wasn't as cold as the first time. <laughs> yeah, it was a little. It was a little cold that that, that day out there. It, it's always hard working with Deej because he's got to play softball and he stinks. <laughs> <laughs> I just want I just want to make sure can anybody see where Jimmy's shirt and the back wall starts and ends? He blends. He looks like he's on a fucking green screen. Is anybody doing all I see is your head? All I see is you with a fucking mirror. You got a mirror in the background. You got like, you know, clearly this is on CNN. You're, how about contrast? How about putting on a blue shirt? Asshole? I had my giant shirt on earlier. Now I'm just wearing this. You know what? These maybe I don't give a fuck about this podcast. <laughs> how about all that? All of a sudden, six twenty four is doing beer league. <laughs> like I'm like the back, the third string quarterback here. You know, <laughs> Tom, you know. Yeah, Dave's doing you know six twenty four. Yeah, sure they crowded around you. All right. <laughs> So how you guys doing? How think how things going? All right. Oh, that was a quick, that's good. Yeah, it's going. To, yeah, look, I, was just, I was I was trying to let the silence do it for me. I think so, all right. It's all the hard hitting questions. Yeah. So I, um, I, I'm doing. You know, the, the, the beer league's going great. I got uh, Dave into show business. I got Deej into show business. I got Mark into show business. So I'm just doing charity work for everyone. Um, but no, the shoot went well. Uh, me and Deej have known each other for. A very long time, actually, way too long now. That I yeah, think talk about, about talk about your guys' history when you guys first met and everything. To tell tell our audience a little bit about who you guys are and how you guys came to be the biggest ballbusters that you are now. Well, my um, uh, one of my best friends was a guy named Mike Ruane who did Game Day, and it led to Beer League. And Deej was good friends with Artie Lang, and then Deej and my buddy Mike used to work at a restaurant. And they would always say, ah, my buddy Artie, and Mike would say, my buddy Jimmy. So uh, we finally all got together one day to shoot this commercial for Alapertis, and uh, I didn't get cast as usual. Were you both acting already? Uh, No. When I met Artie, Deej was. I wasn't. I had just started with, like, I wasn't really acting. I was just, like, fucking around doing productions with my buddy Mike. But I was working for Microsoft. Had that work out. And, um... (laughs) <laughs> I ended up, uh, uh, but then uh, options from it. 
please. You know, I had $3,000 worth of Microsoft shares in 1990. So those of you scoring at home, but I sold them to pay off my Honda Civic. Um, I'm brilliant. I'm brilliant. Just like I am now. I don't believe in making money. I believe in spending it. Um, Jimmy, what you're forgetting is this. I was working at, I was working at Wayne, Mike's restaurant, family's restaurant. And he and I got to be friends and Mike was the director and I was doing some theater and some, you know, bullshit stuff, just, you know, working my way up. And, uh, he used to tell me about his friend, Jimmy, who was the funniest guy in the world. And I used to tell him about my buddy, Artie, who was the funniest guy in the world. So then we said, well, let's get together. Sounds like we all have a lot in common. And I, I really think from the moment the four of us got together, it was like, it was like best friends. Like we all just we, were cut from the same cloth. Everybody um, was young. They were single. We all kind of had a little showbiz giddy up. And, yeah. Uh, and then D out of nowhere, we I said to Artie, you want to start doing the showbiz thing? And we were going into the city, but then Deej ended up going to Florida to pursue showbiz. Yeah. And he actually you did quite well down there. You probably worked on as much as shit as Artie and I did. So Artie and I would just go into the city every day. But then years later when Deej came back, Artie was on Mad TV. We flew out there for the taping. Remember that? The pilot, Mad that was TV a lot out of fun. there. A lot of fun. And me and Deej were sitting there going like, because Artie was just like a fat fuck jerk off like us, you know? And he <laughs> finally he finally hit one out like he was. And I remember, Deej, you remember this? We were sitting in the audience of a pilot being shot at uh, what studios we were at? It was Sony or one of the bigger ones. And we were like, I can't believe yeah, what it, we were like. I can't believe. And Artie was it. He was into it. But like he it wasn't like. It was weird. It was like, he wasn't like, I guess maybe he just was uh, under stress of doing a, a very difficult sketch show, Man TV. Yeah. But me and Deej were like, what the, f this is nuts. And listen, uh, it, it was it was unbelievable. But as everybody knows, it always came natural to Artie. Like mm -hmm. he was just yeah. always, he was just, listen, Jimmy's awesome. I'm a ham and egg. I've been out of the, the league. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, get the swing back. But Artie was always the best person in the room. From from the first no day, no and if he shows up again, if he shows up on set, he's the, he's, well, the I, he's the best guy. I used to tell people that would say, "Yeah, Artie Lang, your buddy, you know, he's on drugs. You know, he just he had, he just did that Howard Stern show." I said, "No, oh, no, 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 no." I said, "If you go to an audition, I used to say this in front of these real like pussy ass like trained actors. I was like, listen, yeah. if you go to an audition yeah. and you sign in, and one of the names is Artie Lang on there, go home." Either go home or you better throw as hard as you can because he's throwing 99 miles an hour and he's probably better than you. So mm -hmm. he does it effortlessly. He's no, he was great. Artie's fun. I tell people all the time, he you was funny on Stern. You guys Artie, were doing sketch stuff before. Were you guys doing live sketch? Like, Yeah. Well, Deej ended up going to Florida. So Artie and I ended up in this sketch group, uh, the Improbables. And, uh, we started doing, we, we were both getting laughs on stage. Um, but for me, I always got my share of laughs. Like I played well, but you know, so did Scotty Pippen, you know, like in other words, all you have to do is bring the ball up, dish it down and you won the game. <laughs> I was on stage with Artie many times where, you know, I held my own, but I, I was always aware of, you know, I'm, I might've scored 12 points a game, but Artie was scoring, you know, 28 points a game, that kind of thing. But we, we, we both just had a, uh, we just had a little magic there going on, and then our sketch group got really good. And then Artie left for Man TV, and of course, uh, my show got picked up by NBC, 
which was a big deal at the time. It was actually a bigger pilot than Man TV, really. But, nice. you know, my my pilot didn't air and Artie's didn't. <laughs> there you go. Uh, then Deej moved back and we were, I had some NBC money coming in and Deej was, you know, look, we were looking to do auditions. And I was like, Deej, let's look for a place. And we got really lucky. We found, you remember how lucky we got on that, Deej? Oh, it, yeah. We looked for like three days and we found this uh, fourth story walk up on 87th in Amsterdam that had just been renovated and two girls were living in it for like four months and decided to go marry their boyfriends or whatever. So me and Deej walked into the Upper West Side. This is like during the Giuliani safe subways. You can ride around 19, what was it, 1996, 97, right around there. And um, we, we ended up just being roommates. And then when you're roommates, I mean, you know, you're two single guys living in the city. Deej was bartending. And we just we just had a lot of laughs, man. I mean, it was just, you know, um, two assholes living in the city, girls coming around, uh, not coming around, laughing over that, striking out, <laughs> laughing over that. And then the, the Delta girls came around, which was always fun. <laughs> Deej, what were you what were you doing in Florida before you came back? So I was like really into acting. I did a lot of theater when I was younger. I did uh, when I was in school and I got involved in this theater group and I was studying at HB studio with Sandy Dennis. And I was just doing a lot of like um, off Broadway theater, small productions. I was doing theater in New Jersey and uh, like Jimmy and Artie, like, you know, I'd like to think that I could be funny at times, but I can't cover Jimmy and Artie, but um, I'm, I, I'm more of a, I don't want to say more of an actor, than Jimmy and Artie was because they were just, you know, like, you know, I did more straight um, man. Yeah. Like you said, you know, that Deej was doing like, shit that Artie and I weren't, weren't really doing. I mean, what was that play you did? I never saw it, but I did. I did a couple of shows. I did a, a show called, uh, <laughs> no, uh, no, I didn't know him. I didn't know him. That's why I didn't go see it. <laughs> what was that play you did? I never saw it. No, it was uh, the one that Farrah Fawcett burned. Extremities. Burn. I did extremities. extremities. I did extremities. Which you was, played the guy with, you know, yeah, coming out of his nose, getting his ass kicked and shit. Yeah, remember wow. I had that breakdown on stage? Oh, my God. Yeah, Michael Wait, Wayne saw it one night. Our buddy Mike said it was, like, powerful and incredible. Uh, and that that's the kind of shit I, would, I couldn't. So I went, that. so to answer your freaking question, sorry for that. Uh, uh, so <laughs> I wanted to go to California, but to be really honest, you hear horror stories. And I was like, I might not be good enough for uh, for California. And Wayne moved to, to Florida. It was a big commercial market. Um, Universal Studios was down there. They were shooting right. Sequest and a bunch of other TV shows down there. So I said, you know what? I, I kind of felt like Florida. I could uh, get some experience. I'm a bigger fish, smaller pond, you know, get some work. Well, and, well and in, all in all fairness, me, DJ, and Artie drove down to Florida to go check it out. Mm. And just like anything else in life, same thing with L.A., me and Artie, we got down to Florida. We were like, oh, I, 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 internally... I was like, I want nothing to do with this. But Deej was like, you know what? It's nice down here. I want to go live down here. And, mm. you know, New Jersey sucks sometimes. So and when you got down there, man, I remember you worked a lot. I started I mean, working from the first day, like voiceovers, commercials. I was working. I lived in Lake Mary, which was right outside of Orlando. So mm. that I was like the center point for Tampa, Miami, um, and, and Orlando for Universal Studios. And I was working the commercial market. I was doing TV shows on Sequest uh, several, several times. And then there was the the, uh, the other show that came off of Sequest. And a lot of industrials, a lot of corporate work, just, just getting my feet wet. And then when I went out to California to see um, Artie, we met Principato. And that's when Artie 
was really well. And I was telling Prince of Potty, he was like, so what are you doing down in Florida? And I told him some of the stuff I was doing. I showed him some of my stuff. And this is when he was with William Morris. And he was like, well, why don't you come? Why don't you know, maybe it's time you come to William Morris and try to make something happen. And I had a really good life in Florida. I had a girlfriend, beautiful apartment, car, scuba diving, acting, voiceovers, money, just everything. It was going awesome. And I was like, well, if I'm going to be an actor, I guess I have to put my big pants on, my big boy pants on. And I went up to New York and William Morris, you know, um, Prince, uh, Prince of Pato brought me on. And uh, I remember I was sitting in the lobby and, uh, oh, my God, wasn't it uh, Matthew uh, – not McConaughey, Matthew from um, uh, from Vision Quest and uh, and the and the plane movie. Come on, Matthew, um, yeah, what the hell is his name? Matthew. He was in the. He was the main at Matthew. Not Matthew oh, Modine. Matthew, Matthew Modine. Modine. There you go. Perfect. Is this yeah, horrible? I, sitting... I had in my head for Matthew Modine. It's Jiminy Glick's kid's name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I remember sitting in the lobby at William Morris, and I'm talking to Matthew Modine like it was he and I just like bullshit. I'm like, this That's is awesome. Matthew Modine. And he was talking to me like I was his equal. I was like, yeah, how's it been going? And yeah, I'm doing this and this. I was like, oh, right. yeah, I'm trying to figure this out. So that was a pretty cool moment. And uh, so then there you go. So then commercials, a couple of TV shows, a couple of law and orders, you know, you're doing some theater. You Let know, me you tell you the kind of player Deej was when he got back to New York. I played every day. I got 600 bats a year. Okay. And I did. Okay. Deej got about 160 at bats and hit as many home runs as I did. <laughs> Deej would hit. And when Deej booked some, you booked the Miller light spot. I was up oh, for yeah. that. Deej, I, I, I was doing, I was doing 30 voiceover auditions a week. Deej gets one audition in a month on a voiceover and hits the ball 560 feet. <laughs> and he makes like 35 grand off of Miller light. No, that's not true. No, I, listen, I'm not bragging. I made, I was well over six figures on Miller light. Oh, wow. I was Lucky the voice. Bastard. I was the voice of Miller Lite. I put the down payment on our house because of Miller Lite. Shut the hell up! And all I did was drink Miller Lite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was. I was. I did all the boxing promotions, all the football promotions. I was the voice of Miller Lite when the Houston Texans, the year the Houston Texans came into the NFL, because I did a bunch of voiceovers when they played their first game against each other, the Cowboys and the Texans. And I did voiceover after voiceover for them. I did the boxing. I did all those. Uh, do you remember the, the commercial where the two girls, those two hot girls are fighting in the fountain? I can't explain it, but they were like two hot girls. They start ripping their clothes off in the fountain and they're soaking wet. And I'm, that was one of the voiceovers I yeah, did. I did yeah, a whole yeah. campaign. That so was big time. That was nice. Listen, I, it, you know, it's, it's a tough business. I, I, you know, I, I did better than, than some people, but not everybody, but you know, we just, uh, you always book stuff, always booked work. All right. So now you guys do game day, you did beer league. And now here we are 17 years later. 16, 16, there's 17 of, years later. A lot of stuff happened between games. <laughs> you, you just said, like, then Columbus yeah. came and then Kennedy got shot. And then. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. That was, there was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears between game day to beer league well, to I mean, fucking Hillsborough, New Jersey. You know, if you want to, you want to get into the, the between game day and. No, and, no, and, no. It's yeah. a, you know what? It really it's depressing. <laughs> well, that's, I'm trying to get to is, you know, here we are, you know, we shot the pilot, 
what was what's the talk about the experience and not not with me you know take me out of the the equation for you Deej and for you Jimmy you know the, the experience being doing Artie Lang's beer league doing from game day to beer league to where we are now I mean like well, I, for me for me the the beer league series we're doing now it was is kind of very similar to game day I don't know if you know what I mean Deej like a, a little bit of a lower budget yeah and um. The, the, it has that kind of feel to it, what we do with game day. And game day was very successful. This is before the internet and all these different things and MP4s, everything. That that was shot on film, had to be transferred. You had, we had to make – it cost a lot of money to do. Back then when you did a short film, you had no monitors. You mean you had to look through it a little thing. Um, it's just a different world. But me, DJ, and Artie always hit it off. And uh, I think it shows in game day. Uh, just like it does me and Deej. And now we're older. And um, it, the, the the main fun about Beer League, the series, really, is I get to see Deej and hang out. All we do is, I mean, there were some takes where we could almost not do the take because we were laughing we're over yeah. something I remembered from 20 years ago. And then Man. now we have to actually act. And um, But it leads in the way the characters would be. In other words, I'm playing Johnny Trino. He's playing Alphonse. But really... If it was Jimmy Plumbo and Deej, in other words, if me and Deej played softball next week, I would be doing the same material as in the script. <laughs> like, Deej, you suck. Jimmy, you're a fat fuck. <laughs> like, all that stuff. So we just added, that's how softball is. That's what it is. So, I mean, me and Deej, we had an absolute blast shooting this stuff. Listen, for, for, first, like, so when we shot game day, we're all young bright-eyed, bushy-tailed energy. We're all going to become movie stars. We're all going to win 100 Academy Awards. And uh, we were really proud of game day. We had a fundraiser. Friends and family came together. Ruane directed and edited and went, won festivals, and it got a lot of buzz. And we were really proud of it. Um, and then when it then Artie started becoming Artie, and yeah. when um, Beardley came out, it was a different feel on the set. It was still exciting, and it was still – but there was pressure. There mm. was um, there was jockeying for power. Where uh, was the pressure coming from? Where was that coming from? Well, a couple of things. When because what I want what I want the audience to who's who's listening to this to hear to you know people six twenty four pod is about independent filmmaking and the the, the, the successes the failures of it. Well, so when you talk about pressure on on Artie Lang, you know the Artie Lang Beer League. Well, talk about that to well, to what you would game day. It's all about the growth of it, where it came from. I know, I, I've always said, uh, if someone said to me, how did like Beer League start, game day and stuff? It. I don't want to say I was the first guy. I already decided to, hey, I'm making some mad TV money. How much would it cost to shoot like a short, blah, blah, blah. And we sat around in his L.A. apartment to come up with ideas for a short. What could we shoot over the summer when he came back from L.A.? And we did a, we were shouting out ideas. And finally I said it, I'll never forget it. I said, what about what happens 15 minutes before a softball game? Mm. The ball breaking, putting your spikes on. And Mike, who played on my softball team, already played softball his whole life. It was like, it was like one of those aha moments. It was like, bang. We knew right away, like, that's what we have to shoot. And then we shot that and it went really well. And, um, by the time Beerly came around, already started to grow, but unfortunately, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, already got in bed with uh, Frank Sebastiano, who's a great guy, great writer, Letterman, who writes for him, and all, and Chris Rock, and all this shit. Good guy, I love Frank. He wrote the script 
with Mike and Artie, but there's a little conflict there. And then all of a sudden, uh, Frank decided he loved his script so much, he wanted to direct it. And that's what, in independent film world, Mike Rowan got cut out of the process, which mm. was very sad. And then by the time we were shooting it, I had a falling out with Artie because he was being a jerk off in Vegas. I could say that publicly. And then Artie had a big drug issue and he was almost, we were like not shooting it. And there was also issues. Deej had some issues. It was a contract issue, which yeah. I probably should have opened my mouth, but I didn't because I was, I was, I, you know, we were all trying to protect our little world. I always feel yeah. guilty about that, but I don't know if it would have changed anything. <laughs> but, so, Tom, so, so, so this is, well, you know, you talk about filmmaking. Yeah. There was four of us. We, we, you know, came up with an idea. We shot it. It did really well. Yeah. Marty ended up having some money, got, you know, very, very popular. Then, uh, he didn't, he didn't, we didn't use any of his money though. That's the thing. Remember? Right. But, but his power comes in. So now, so now a budget comes in. They no longer wanted me to be me. Um, Machio takes my part. So that was a conversation where already says, Deej, you know, the producers, you know, like a talented guy, but Ralph Machio is Ralph Machio. So I'm like, yeah. you know what? God bless, man. You know, I'll, I'll take a smaller part for the good of the production. I'm not going to break anybody's balls. Then I had to sign a paper given up my ownership of the character of game day, not of the character oh, of game of day. My ownership of game day of mm. my producing <laughs> title and my partial ownership of game day, which was, you know, involved in beer league. And then that was like, and literally two weeks before it start, before we started shooting, I had twins. My twins were born right. two weeks oh, before wow. we started shooting. And there was just a little bit of a, I don't want to say a negative feeling on the set, but mm. it was like we're excited. But Artie was going through some trouble. Frank kind of kicked out Mike because he was very uh, uh, pumped up about the project. You know, the pr the production people were, uh, you know, and it was the first time for all of us doing it in that stage. Yeah. And there was a lot of... um. It wasn't like the title. People think, oh, you guys were partying and drinking afterwards. And it wasn't no. that way at all. No. Um, uh, it, but we, and also we didn't improv that much, which I think hurt the film. Uh, looking back, like, listen, I'm not saying I'm Johnny improv here, but you, you guys have worked with me now. So, you know, I, now sometimes I misfire and we laughed about that too, but yeah, I think I'm pretty good at adding as a Jersey guy playing softball. We weren't really allowed to do that. Matter of fact, DJ, I don't think me and you improv ever. He didn't. Let, he didn't. There and was you were playing third base. That. I was playing short. Because Frank, because Frank was so, he was a writer, and a writer doesn't want to be edited. Right. You know? He right. doesn't want to be edited at all. And there were some time constraints where you know we would shoot it, we get it, check the gate, moving on, kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah. So the lightness that we have on Beer League, the series, and the fun that we're having, w was a completely different feel. I'm, I'm not on... talking bad about it, and I'm yeah, just yeah, yeah. that it it was a different feel. It was more of a well, serious, heavy kind of thing because we were worried about Artie. I remember one day Artie didn't come out of his trailer. Did you guys? Did you guys lose opportunities for 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 that passionate comedy? Do you think? I didn't speak to Artie for a year and a half before the first day I spoke to Artie. In a year and a half, was at the table read in New York City. Mm. 
And the no. director kept on saying, Jimmy, you're Johnny Trinity. I'm like, okay, but no, Artie, Artie could have said, I don't want to. We had a, uh, I don't want to get into it. I knew well, I wasn't wrong. What I did, what happened with Artie, I just, I knew I wasn't. When somebody's sober and somebody's not, the, the sober guy knows what happened. But I always still loved Artie. I still do to this day. I think I'm the only one that calls him uh, once a week. But it was a weird, it was a weird set. Um, and then one of the things, I'll talk about independent filmmaking in terms of promotion. You got to remember before Instagram and Twitter and shitter and all that stuff. The Twitter and shitter. Well, <laughs> listen, this is, you know how I feel about promotion of stuff. When we shot Beer League, Artie was on K-Rock. Right. When the movie came out, they were on Sirius XM. Do you know what that the difference is? Oh. That's like saying when we were shooting the movie, we were in a Maserati. When we were, when the movie came out, we were on roller skates. Because mm. back then, no one had Sirius XM. No, it was yeah, that was a big that was a big gamble that Stern was taking. Yeah, right. And, 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 uh, yeah. So and it worked out for everybody, including right. Marty. But at the time, right, it was a big <laughs> yeah. So and then the movie came out, and that we've discussed this in terms of your independent filmmaking. At least I have. Uh, well, publicly, we got in bed with. Um, uh, I'll never forget this. This is, and again, Tom, I've talked to you about this with, in terms of what we're trying to do. Yeah. Deej will remember this. We, the, when the movie was shot, the, like people were really excited about it. And there was a lot of jokes in there. So Principato, who was Artie's manager and kind of still is my manager, but I think they're letting me uh, rot on the vine. That's another story for another podcast. And so we were having a big screening at CAA and the CAA just built this new screening room Dude, this was big time, man. I remember being in Peter's office. He said, Jimmy, we're going to have a screening. Harvey Weinstein, all the TriStar, Disney, you name the yeah. the top 20 distributors in the world. Movies. UA United Artists was there. Everybody, everybody. The whole, they were all saying their reps to see. There was going to be maybe a bidding war. This was going to be, and I'm thinking, right. well, fuck this. I, you know, there was still a point where I, I, the, the movie was already shot. So now it's just a matter of who's going to distribute. Right. And I remember thinking, wow, look at all these motherfuckers, all these people that are going to see me doing, playing a character that I, like, I, I did fairly well. Like, I could do this character in my sleep. This is going to be, I was, I was going to bring a chick to the screening. Like, I'm going to be like, you know what? You get your one shot to be like, look at me, I'm, I'm a badass. And about two days before, I'm in Peter's office again, and he gets like a phone call, and he's like distressed, and... I go, Peter, what's going on? He goes, uh, the screening got canceled. I was like, what are you talking about? Mm. And he goes, the one of the producers that, that wrote a check had a little line item in the contract. And that's why, you know, uh, Tom, when me and you talk about the contract, sometimes I'm always a little leery, like, who owns what? Where does it go? <laughs> Only because there was a line item that said, this company has first right to be the distributor. Mm. So once they saw the movie, they were like, oh, shit. They liked it, too. But they were thinking, hey, let's get this whore on DVD and mm -hmm. make money on DVDs. Because they had a bunch of catalog movies that were on DVD so they could package right. it. with a, they, right. they, were, they were seeing the $20 DVDs at Best Buy. <clears throat> and the That's screening when guy, DVDs meant something. Right. That's right. when DVDs right. were a big like, profit center. DVDs. Big profit center. They would have made their money back. They did make their money back. And more, but we no one ever saw it because it was like it just disappeared into the abyss. And um, I was on some phone calls with there was something called print and advertising, P and A, 
You had to make a print of the film, not like today. It's all digital, MP3, four that shit is. Now you had to actually make the film like on a reel, and you had to give it to the guy at the theater. Right. So if if you're in fifty theaters, you got to make fifty of these fucking films on a reel. So you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you got to have advertising. So you're going <laughs> to open up in New York and Cleveland. So you got the Daily News, the New York Post. You know how much those ads cost? A lot oh, of money. For so sure. we had like a million dollar budget, even though IMDb says three million. It's bullshit. No way. A million dollar budget, right at a million. And Frank, I never forget the meeting was like, what's your P&A budget? And the guy was like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about the P&A budget. And Frank was like, no, I need to know. And from that day on, literally, I saw it in Frank's face. I was still a rookie when it came to this. Frank was like, like we're done here. We're done. And I kept on saying, like, who let this company in to have that line item? So I think some Peter and some other people goofed on that. Mm-hmm. But I can't blame them. They got money to make a movie. Tom, if 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 a shitty guy offered you money to make a movie, you would take it, uh, not knowing where the money came. You know, it's not everybody's job to filter out stuff. And so the movie was only in theaters 10 days. And it was in Boston, New York, Philly, and Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And all, all across New Jersey as well. Movie was in ten days. They yanked it. the the per The first weekend, the per theater um, thing was actually not that bad. But we advertised on Yankee games. I yep. always thought the ad should have been more ground grassroots marketing at softball teams and all that different stuff. But and then the movie came out, so everybody thinks the movie bombed. It really didn't bomb, and it did unbelievable on DVD because. There was a time where Beer League wasn't even on the air. And if you talk to any 40-year-old guy right now, they all know the movie Beer Leagues. They bought sure. it on DVD. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to just – I got to tell you this really quick. Jimmy said a 40-year-old guy. So I live in central Jersey now, married yeah. three kids, the whole bit. So listen to the story, Tom and Mark. So I'm, I'm – I'm, um, I just get home from work, and Michael comes in. He's like, Dad, Dad, I got to tell you what just happened. I said, what happened? He said – I was with Jonathan, Avery, Kona, whoever else he was with, his boys, right? They're driving yeah. in the car. And this is when we started talking about doing Beer League again. And it was just coming up. This is like a year ago where something happened with Beer League. And Artie, uh, Artie, my son Michael said to one of his friends, yeah, I don't think my father's going to be able to pick us up. He He's doing something with Beer League. And my son Michael said, "The guy, the father in the front seat, turned around and said, what did you just say?'" <laughs> and and he said, my, "He said my dad's in beer. My dad is in beer league. He said that the father <laughs> pulls a Yui, pulls a car over, turns wow. over, and he's like." Your your father's in in the movie Beerly, uh, and, and and my son Michael's like yeah yeah he, he plays like that Italian guy Alphonse, and, and the father's like you got I gotta meet your father and Michael is like this is like, so freaked out just randomly this father in Cranberry New Jersey finds out that Michael's father is Alphonse pulls the car over and is completely blown away. Dude, I, love I, 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 love I love that story because when I started bartending up here again, and I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to tell anybody I'm an actor. I don't want that. Oh, you're the bartender. You're an actor. I, I just, I was in one of those shitty moves. I just said, you know, I'm just, just going to put my head down. I'm Jimmy the bartender, and that's it, right? <laughs> just make drinks. Right. First day <laughs> we're there, a kid comes in. He's around 30 years old. He orders a bud, and he's staring at me like, 
with his hands moving and he was kind of jittery. I'm thinking, what's this guy coked up? What's all this guy? He's looking at me and I, you want anything else? You want a menu? You know, you want, we're brand new. The bar was brand new. And so it goes on and on and on. He, and he was like, he kept, he ordered like three beers, but he's staring at me like I owed him money. Right. Then other people start coming in. Oh, your name is Jimmy. Where are you from? I'm like, I'm Ramsey. You know, I got married. I got kids. And blah, blah. Mm-hmm. and I, somehow the guy was like, what do you, what'd you do before this? And I just said, you know, I did some acting. And as soon as I started, I, cause I, I goofed, I didn't, you know, cause the guy asked me directly. As soon as I said acting, the guy staring at me for two and a half hours, just goes, were you in the movie beer league? I said, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was. He banged the table, freaked everybody out. Says, I knew it. Mother <laughs> effort. I can't believe he's on the phone with his friends. FaceTime. We're getting people. Yeah. He said, now the other customers are like, they were all like in their sixties. They were like, what the hell is beer league? And who is this fat fuck by the book? But this guy, you would have thought he met like George Clooney. So the weird thing is around here, man. Uh, so yeah, that was just to say that. And Jimmy, it's, it hasn't just happened once Oh, since, since like, I'll maybe not as much in the last, it'll start coming up now, but it is Jimmy and I, during COVID, we did a beer league, uh fan Q and a with those people. Mm-hmm. Remember we did that, Jimmy, oh, with those people what that zoomed, was that a, a buddy of mine who, Oh, that's right. That's right. A buddy, yeah, a friend that. of mine who has a bunch of friends who loves, me, yearly. Yearly. I, you know what, DJ? I yeah. completely Tom. I Tom, did I ever tell you this? We did a Zoom. We did well, a Zoom. We did a Zoom Q and A with like forty or fifty people who just loved us, and they were just ricocheting question after question. But That's, it's when uh, I used to bartend in Hoboken or just walking around in the city. It happened. Listen, I'm not getting recognized like I'm Tom fucking Cruise, but people <sighs> would come up to me and be like. You're fucking Alphonse. Yeah. Alphonse! Yeah, the Italiano mid jerk off. So it, funny. But you it know, happened a lot. I uh, when I I hung out with Ralph Macho a couple times and I uh, talked to him uh, a lot over the years. He's a good guy. And he one time he said to me, I was like, I made a joke like, ah, you know that shitty movie you did really. He looks at me and goes, Hey Jimmy, you know, I know I'm the karate kid, but he goes, I can't tell you how many times. People ask me about Artie and Beer League. He goes, and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't uh, uh, making that up. So, I mean, it, it really is a cult. I don't want to say a cult classic because a cult classic means nationwide, worldwide. I'm not saying we're like, you know, um, uh, one of those. It's not Animal House. You know, it's, that kind it's, of embedded. Thing. it's embedded. It's embedded, right? People who it's like the movie the just New Jersey culture. Though. It's a part of the New Jersey culture. It's embedded with softball guys who were, you know, who were, you know, 40 to like early 50s, like that generation right there. My brother's 55 years old. All of I played softball with all of them growing up and we all watched beer league. And when I told I've told my cousins, I've told my family and they're all like, oh, how's beer league going? How's, I can't get them to talk about unsuited, but I get them talking about beer league all the time. Like, oh, how's that beer league going? Well, That's great. Well, let me so, tell you, let me I tell you, Tom, when I met when I um, I met a guy uh, and we're partners with this guy, Greg which I owe Greg a phone call, as a matter of fact. And I did a comedy thing with Greg at Stand Up New York. And I had been looking. I was like, I want to shoot this beer league thing. I, want, I think there's something there. We'll shoot it with an iPhone. And so I met another guy who was a production company. And he's like, oh, my God, I know Artie. I'd love to do it. And so we were like, we'll talk next week and blah, blah, blah. And by the time we talked, the guy didn't call me back. And then I get a phone call from Tom, who I met on another jerk-off project uh, three years ago, and he wanted to cast me in this uh, uh, checked out uh, series he was doing. I said, "Sure, I'll come down there." And literally, while we were, I think we were on the phone talking about 
life in general, what we're doing. I mentioned, I said, yeah, I'm maybe shooting this beer league thing. And once I said beer league, you were like, what? <laughs> Who's shooting it? Where? I, he was I, so I, like. I was in my driveway. He's like, I'm thinking about it. And I went, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, how far along are you in the conversation with it? <laughs> No, he was like, do you have a contract? Is it signed? Is it dated? He was being like such a piece of garbage. I'm like, well, no, I didn't even know the guy. And then I shot, checked out. I figured, I don't know. I don't know this guy, Tom. I don't know the other guy. I go to checked out. And that's why I see your 624 productions. And I see you got a nice little crew, some good camera guys. Uh, you know, the audio guy we'll talk about on another show. <laughs> and, uh, that's another episode. Okay, another episode called the audio guy. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, Tom's got a nice little... Little makeup girl bouncing around. He's got the little tent, little coffee, but he didn't have half and half. But I said, I'll, I'll change that once we work together. And, uh, and I'm like, so funny. I'm like, you know what? The other guy never called me back. So I was like, Tom, you want to do this? And then it was boom. But to getting back to independent film stuff, one of the cool things was on this production, Beer League, the series, as we have to legally call it. I think everybody really wanted to be there. Like, I know, Deej, you have yeah. a whole life, a career. You own a gym, uh, Orange, and I'm running around. But, like, everybody, like, you really wanted to be there. Like, you took time off from work because you wanted oh to be God. there. Tom wanted to be there. His crew wanted to be there. The other actors who I can't really talk about because it has to do with the plot, they really, like, everybody really wanted to be there. Yeah. Um, and um, I think when you do an independent film, I think that's so key. Like, I know... You can cast someone with a bigger name, but man, be careful if the guy doesn't really want to be there, man. Yeah. You're better no, off going with the fun. jerk off who wants to be there, I think. Dude, no, it, we were eating. We, we we were we shot yesterday. We were at we were getting something to eat, and we were with Larry, and 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 we were sitting there. And uh, what's the? I, I actually I can't remember. Rich, his name. Rich, he's Wait, editing I, it. I'm good sure. audio guy, the real good audio guy. But I remember we were talking, and we had a couple of beers, and we were saying like. You know, life, you know, life sucks, man. If you love to make films and 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 independent films and you want to be there and you're passionate about it, then who like that's 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 great. And when everybody is in, that's when the project works. Because if there's just somebody there to show up to make some scratch, can't even even down to the extras. I mean, if I ever if we ever do another um I know I tried to I tried to do a little speech on the set because I guess I was higher up the food chain than I've ever been on a project, but I was trying to say like, hey guys, we need you like social media. We need your full promotion. Yeah. I can't have someone that like, I'm just gonna act for my $300 for the day, SAG ultra low jerk off budget. And then you just disappear because it won't work. It's just, everybody's gotta be all in. We have to even have a, we talked about having a screening. We talked about having all these little things. We gotta get, the cast has to be excited. They gotta promote even. And it's gonna, ha it's gonna happen, man. It's I, I feel good about the project. I'm excited about it. I, I think everybody that's involved in, like you said, like well, I don't think we know that everybody's excited about it. I mean, we're here talking about it. We're gonna talk about it more. Um, you know, and we're in, we're, everything's in the can. We're in post-production on this. So and, it's gonna be amazing. And. and and Jimmy by the way, by the way, the the the, the Mark the Mark uh, Mark Riccadona who's <laughs> sitting in front of that stupid right, guitar, right, he's got a. I, I, it's a decent part, but I personally think it's a very funny bit. <laughs> I swear to God, I I told you yesterday. I said, you know what? I think this that might be the funniest bit in the whole. If, if nobody laughs at that, I'm going to be like. 
I don't care. People may not laugh at the stuff we do, and I don't, you know, whatever. But if they don't laugh at that part, I'm like, wow, did I misfire on that? Like, I think that's hysterical. I'm with you, man. I think it's it's funny. I think it's a great joke. And it's it's a great joke. And it's a running gag, and it works. It's not over the top. It's just like, uh, that's enough. No, it's enough. And I I can't wait for you to see the the next two episodes that we wrote. You can't, I can't wait for you to read them because it's, I just think it's it's funny. I think it's funny. Listen, Beer League was funny. Game Day was great, too. And I hope Beer League, the series, I just hope people... I, think I know whole, Artie's not in it, which sucks, but I, look, but I Jimmy, invited not, Artie to the set yesterday. And he knows about it, and he's happy that we're doing it, but he's just he's just not ready to... He's in a, he's in a different place. And look, I think Beer League, the series, we talked about this. We do have to wrap up because we got, a, we got another guest waiting. But I think Beer League, the series, Jimmy and I, you and I have talked about this. Deej, I think we talked about this yesterday, Mark. Like Beer League, the series, I think it's got it's got a little heart. It's got a little heart, right? It's got there's a there's a little there's a little underlining heart. Not that Artie Lang's Beer League didn't. I think when I and I Jimmy, you and I talked about this, right? When we're older, we're older, you know, older. And, and, yeah. a little more wiser, a little bit more mature, but yet still making the the fu it's, jokes and the busting yeah. the balls. But but there's there's more to it. There's more characters. There's yeah, more about a, what's happening behind the yeah, scenes. I of, like I like what we do with Maganelli. I think there's some moments there that are good. Oh, I can't wait for oh, them God, to see it. I really can't. I can't really wait wait to see it. All right, guys, real quick, we're gonna we're gonna we gotta wrap up, but I want I want real fast if you can do this. I didn't prep you guys on this question. Uh, we'll go to Deej first. Give us your three favorite films right now today. Your three favorite films: Braveheart, Shawshank, Rocky. That, wow, nice. Wow, Jim, Jimmy, what a good one. I love them. Good, good three. Uh, I would say um, on the waterfront, Shawshank. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. And uh, what the hell? What movie do I really, really just love? Um, you know what? Hoosiers. Excellent. Wow. Excellent. My man had a very classic. All classic. great. Picks. But Jimmy, All is, is the waterfront? That's in honor of your dad, bro. And I mean that with as no, much. No, no, DJ. I, I listen. Yes, my dad had that movie on all the time whenever it was on Channel Nine or Channel yeah. Eleven. Yeah. But I actually own it on DVD, and like. I don't want to bash Marlon Brando. Like, forget. Like, what he did in The Godfather is like Johnny Trino work in Beer League. It's nothing. What he did it on the waterfront. You got to watch fucking Brando's bringing it, man. And there's all. And uh, uh, what's his name? Rod Steiger's great in it. And uh, I'm dropping the other guy who played uh, the, 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 the other lead. Everybody uh, works today. Yeah. The, the, on the waterfront's got great stuff. Everybody should watch On the Waterfront again. And by the way, the girl in it, smoking hot. She was like 22. And Marlon Brando's just playing a tough. It's, it's awesome. I love it, guys. Guys, thank you so much. And you were asking me, Deej, what's this here? This, I so did. This I wanted to know, is, is it for decoration or who's playing it? No, no. So, no, no one's playing it. So, this, so the colors of 624 are red, black, and white. So, that is in the inspiration from Eddie Van Halen's original Frankenstein guitar. So, that is the guitar, the Eddie Van Halen replica. Um, my son, my wife, my daughter, and my, my dad, my mom, and my brother gave this to me uh, for my birthday this year because they know I'm a huge Van Halen fan. They know I'm a diehard Van, Eddie Van Halen fan. So, it's a replica. It's got the, you know, it's got the. Uh, yeah, I, that's badass got the you know the guitar drilled in here and everything yeah, and it right. you know and it actually plays and but for christmas we're getting them lessons you know and we're getting me lessons right. but i still i still can do i can do the tapping that's all i can do that's all i can do that's it. mark mcdonald just hit a quick three at the, at the yeah. before the end of the half listen hey, Tom, i think you- i think your audience is going to make the connection between the guitar and 624 that <laughs> reads clear as a bell right there so 
Hey, Tom, <laughs> seriously, I just want to say you meeting you, 624, the crew, the guys, Great you guys have been guys. as good as any anybody I've I've ever worked with. Like hands uh, down. I'm not crew. even I'm not right just saying that. You, right back at you, dude. Really, we, I'm, I'm been, excited to keep really working great. with you guys. I can't wait to see the blurry footage. Look, 624 Prod is brought to you by Central Jersey Nursery. They're Hillsborough. Central D Jersey Nursery. Go get your Christmas tree there Thanks in Hillsborough. Right. We'll see you later. Welcome to the 624 Pod, your home for all things independent films. We're going to discuss all the positives and negatives when it comes to independent filmmaking. We're going to have incredible guests from the film industry talk about behind-the-scenes experience, the good, the bad, the ugly, and how the industry has changed in the past 10, 20 minutes. minutes. Yeah, minutes, hours, years. years. That's the point. It's always changing. And of course, we will always focus on independent filmmaking right here in our state of New Jersey. I'm Tom Baldinger. And I'm Mark Rigadana. All right, let's do this.